This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Thank you for everyone that has tuned into 52 Weeks of Hustle so far. We're getting closer to the one-year anniversary. I've had a lot of fun sitting down with industry leaders and certainly hope it has been beneficial. In addition, thank you for all the support you have provided on the book that was recently published, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. It's a playbook to being elite in the sports business industry. Whether you're looking to get in this business or you already are, you're looking to continue to grow your career, I believe this book can be beneficial for you. Paperback, ebook, and audiobook are now available. Check out 52weeksofhustle.com. Thank you in advance and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Event Dynamic specializes in maximizing revenue and increasing attendance. I'm Travis Apple and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career path what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your every day. Without further ado, our guest this week, what do you want to do in life? This is a question that is often asked, especially as you're growing up and in college. Many times your answer is not exactly what ends up happening in your career path. Our next guest really wanted to move to California to be an actress and instead went down the sports sales path and has worked her way up as I'm excited to have Paige Farragut, Senior Vice President of Ticket Retention and Premium Services for the Texas Rangers. Paige, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be here, Travis. Thank you for having me. Paige, I'm so excited for our conversation today, and I look forward to hearing all the advice you have for the listeners, but let's start where we kicked it off. You wanted to be an actress and moved to California, so why was that? Ever since I was a little girl, that's all I ever said. Um, I told my family, friends, um, friends at school and teachers, that's what I'm going to be when I grow up. And that's just the way it's going to go. And recently I was cleaning out some stuff for my mom's house and I found my autobiography in fourth grade. And Mrs. Waller had, you know, done that with us. And right there, it said, when I graduate from UT Austin, which I ended up not going there, (laughs) I'm going to California. So sometimes career paths change and, and pivot in, in multiple different ways. But, you know, so as you're growing up in Plano, Texas, your dad is in sales. And he always told you that you should be. But, you know, like probably a lot of people growing up, you weren't quite ready to take his advice on yet. So you end up going to Texas State University and studied communications in business. What made you make that decision? I knew I always wanted to get a bachelor's degree, and that was a non-negotiable with my family, which is a great expectation to have. So I wanted to check that box. And then my junior year, I decided to change my major from business to communications. My dad had said he'd only support a business degree. So he was quite surprised when we got the invitation to graduation. But I did that because I wanted to do more theater classes. But I did want to check the box. I did want to get a degree. And then I, I planned on moving. 
Jill, looking back into theater classes that you, you took in school, what do you feel like was a maybe a key learning from one of those classes that regardless, you still probably apply to your day? Oh, the acting, the, the acting. <laughs> um, sometimes you don't have, you know, the best product maybe that somebody would want and you have to, you know, really dig deep and think, okay, well, what would this person would make this experience a win and then always selling hope. So regardless of what situation in your life, regardless if you've made 50 calls and feel down on yourself, you always have to pick yourself up and think, okay, what can I do to add value? And I knew um, a lot of the theater and the training I had would help me in my life, regardless of what path I took. So you're always applying what you learn in college, or at least you hope you are. Yeah, you know, after, 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 absolutely. And, you know, the value proposition that you can provide. And, you know, so after college, you end up picking up some side jobs and your waitressing, really waiting for your acting career to take off. And in this world, you hear people say all the time, you never know who you may meet that will be your next boss or can help land an amazing role for you. And this held true for you as you were on, on a boat, you met someone that worked in radio sales that told you, Hey, similar to your dad, you should be in sales. So how was that interaction for you? I look back at that as the trajectory of my career. A lady named Leslie PV House was, um, she had a top job at KRLD, um, another woman 25 years ago, and we were interacting and hanging out. And she said, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, well, I want to be an actress and I've only done a couple deodorant commercials. It's really not taking off. I hadn't moved to California. And she said, you need to come take a walk at KRLD, ironically, they officed at the ballpark in Arlington at that time. And I did. And I bought a suit because I didn't have one. And I took a walk and I was completely overwhelmed at the thought of selling radio. She explained that you make $3,000 a month, the first three months, and then straight commission. And all I kept telling myself in my head was, well, I've never wanted to be in sales. I don't even know how I would do it. And that was tugging at me. Ironically, and I do think this is a God thing. The next day I was throwing out trash at my apartment and ran into a lady that I met the day before at the walkthrough at the radio station. And her name was Allison. And she said, well, what do you think? And I said, honestly, I don't know how I could live without an income if you don't sell anything. Cause after that three months you're on your own. And she goes, well, I used to work for the Dallas stars. I could send your resume over there. Can you get it to me? So I walked back, got my resume, went to her apartment handed it to her and she faxed it over to Brian Burns at the Dallas stars who now, I mean, he's still in sports. He's the SVP of sales and marketing for the thunder. He got my resume and called and I went for an interview and I started there a week later. So again, you never know where you're going to meet somebody that, that may end up putting you in touch with somebody and you kind of head on a swivel. So as you look back at that time in your life and trying to really understand, all right, what's next for me? What is it going to be? I'm not sure if I have a passion. What was some of the best advice you received that really helped solidify, all right, this is where I'm going to go with my career? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I was not that kid in high school that ever thought um, beyond that one you know, tunnel vision role of I'm going to be an actress, even though I, I didn't know how I, it's not like today where you have contacts or you just, you know, get online and look at any opportunities you have out there. You, you know, you really back then it was different. And my dad always told me, number one, I think you're going to be in sales. And I would say, I would never do that. And then he said, you know, God will put you where you need to be and you're going to have something special. And I know it's going to be big for you. And then he was right. And here I am in sales a quarter of a decade later. (laughs) 
No, and it's an awesome career path, and we're certainly going to dive into it. And to your point, you you met the the lady taking trash out, got your resume, you start your career in sports with the Dallas Stars. So looking back to your first year in the industry, what were some key learnings that you still apply to this every day? Gosh, I remember driving there my first day of work, and I just bought a suited Ann Taylor on a credit card, hoping I could pay it off someday. But (laughs) I remember thinking, gosh, I hope a month goes by really quickly so I know what to do and, you know, have my feet on the ground. When I interviewed, um, Jeff Kogan had interviewed me and he said, what do you know about hockey? And I said, I'm just going to be honest with you. I know it's on ice and I know there's a player named Mike Badano, but I don't know much beyond that, which I later learned was a good thing. Because yep. a lot of people, I guess, you know, back then would try to work in sports to meet people and not really have a career path. But that was it. And I said, but I know I can sell for you, which I believed I could. And then um, the things that I still put into practice are work hard, um, always be willing to work and do things that not only are asked of you, but that you ask for other people and outwork the people around you. When I started, it was a bunch of guys and there was one other lady that worked there and just out trying to outwork the people around you. Yeah, no. And I feel like that was a little bit of a softball question, you know, with the 52 weeks of hustle, it's all about hustle and effort. So I appreciate that plug, but you know, and, and Paige, we've talked a lot about that over the years, right? Is it doesn't matter if you're a diehard fan of the team. And a lot of times if you're a diehard fan of the team, you should buy season tickets, but if you're right. passionate about the business and the craft that, that goes a long way. And you, you certainly had some key learnings. And, and I know when we've been catching up, you had a, a pretty funny story about your first ever sales call. So you care to share what happened uh, during that process? Yes. You can't see, but I'm smiling. Cause I still <laughs> look back at that and laugh. Um, yeah, we, we were in our cubicles and the team had just gotten out of a lockout situation. I had been hired and then my senior account executive, the person that kind of trains and leads you was with, you know, sat next to me in the cube and he kind of made some jokes like, look, we're coming out of a lockout. If, if you're still here in six months, we'll train you that kind of deal, the banter women don't stay in sports. And then when it was time for me to make my first official outbound call, And there wasn't a training manual back then. It wasn't like, okay, here's the steps on how to make a cold call. Here's the way you do it. It's very different now. We train people now. But um, when it was time and the person said, okay, you can start calling people. Some of the other guys said, oh my gosh, Paige is making her first outbound call. You know, everyone gather around. So next thing you knew, I had all these guys around my cubicle and I wanted to you know, honestly throw up and, you know, my throat got a little tight and I was, you know, thinking, oh gosh, what am I going to do? So instead of dialing my lead list that I created for myself, I called my own answering machine at home. And that, you know, lots of you won't even know what this is, but it's a little tiny tape inside of a machine that you're literally recording a message on. On landlines. A lot of people don't even know what landlines are. (laughs) Yes. It plugs into the wall at your place. Um, so I called that and, you know, put the acting skills into place and faked a sales call to a prospect, went through the whole thing. And I remember saying the name, Mr. Nowak, um, my name's Paige, then Jackson, I'd love to, you know, set up a time and come out and meet with you. And then this long, brutal pause that I felt like was 10 minutes. Sure. I can wait. And then again, yep, I can do it Tuesday. No problem. All right. What is your address? pause, pause, pause. You feel like it's an eternity. And they're like, I've got it. No problem. Um, I'll see you then. And I hung up and the guys kind of just shuffled away. And, you know, they thought I was able to get an appointment on my first downtown <laughs> call. So they left me alone after that. And then I was like, all right, now it's time to put, you know, the money where the mouth is. And now I have to do it. 
Yeah, at first it was kind of a sigh of relief, but now it's all right, here we go. It's go time. And right. you know, Paige, looking back to those early years, I'm sure you never dreamed you'd spend the next, you know, 24, 25 plus years with the same organization. And you've had some amazing experiences. If you've moved into a new ballpark, you've made the World Series a couple of times, won a Stanley Cup championship, and and much more. Looking back, what has been your favorite memory of being in the sports world? Well, yes, looking back, winning the Stanley Cup three years after you start for a team is unreal. You know, you don't appreciate it as a 23-year-old how hard it is to get to the postseason or the playoffs. And so we had won the Stanley Cup and that summer had moved out to the ballpark because our owner at that time had just purchased the Rangers. So we won in July and then we're looking at postseason for the Rangers in 1999 and we got swept by the Yankees, which, you know, that happened a couple of times, but we did not see postseason for another decade. And so looking and living the grind of baseball and then not having a productive team, but still being successful at selling it um, was always something important. It, it, one of the things that I always brought to the table was I don't care how the team's playing. I'm going to sell the experience. And a lot of people get really emotional with the wins and the losses. That's one thing I, I think I can you know, say is one of my skills, it's resiliency is being able to not look at what happened on the field the night before and keep selling. Yep. So yep. when you go a decade of dry lands, as far as postseason, and then you're suddenly in the postseason, we win the division. We got Cliff Lee that summer. We won the division. We advanced to the ALCS. We advanced again. And the, the day that we realized, you know, we're all together, we're looking around that we were going to the world series for the first time in ever for the Rangers, but something like that to happen with a lot of the people that you've worked side by side with for over a decade, in some cases, that was a, that was the best memory to this day is when you look up and you see that A-Rod struck out and we were going to the world series. Yeah. It's like all the hard work and effort comes together. And, you know, I think you mentioned great advice on there is control what you can control and you certainly can't ride the highs too high or the lows too low in this business. And, you know, so before going in and we're certainly going to dive into your professional journey, your time in Arlington, you know, I want to talk a little bit about you blazing trails as a successful female in this industry. And you've, you've also had two active sons that you have raised while working in sports. So what does that work-life balance look like for you? You know, I'll say it's probably harder over the last four years moving into a building while also selling another ballpark, um, <laughs> because as they get older, they get more active and they need you more as far as not that they need you on a day to day basis more than um, can you drive me to baseball? Can you get me here? You know, what can you do for me? So you're an Uber driver. As you say, but, you probably have three or four full time jobs at that point. Oh, you do. And, you know, the easy part for people who are um, thinking about getting into sports and want a family sooner rather than later, the easy days are when they're tiny. You know, at that point, they don't do much. So they're at home. But I will say um, making time for them and then also making time to get what you need out of your job and career and supporting the people around you. It definitely is a balancing act. The most important thing is make sure you have people around you that support you and that you support back. And then it just works out because, you know, if you're taking care of people where you work, they're going to take care of you. And then if you have the support system in place, always having those people that, you know, no matter what, hey, can you pick up Jackson or Preston? I've, I can help your kids this weekend. And just knowing that that it will work out. You just got to be willing to take those risks. 
Absolutely. And Paige, you know, with the demanding schedule of working in sports and specifically with baseball, you know, 81 games, you're having a 10 game homestand, you, you, you may not have any free nights or evenings on the weekends. How would you encourage other parents in this industry to really make sure they're finding time to be successful both personally and professionally? Yeah, I mentioned it before, but time management is really key. And I will say what I've seen, I have a lot of moms that stay at home, which is also great. And I commend them in some ways. I think their job is much harder, yeah. but when you do have a career and you, you also want to be present um, and take care of your kids, being able to manage your time is, is really important. And I do think in some ways it forces you to do that because there's not room for slips and there's not room for missing things. So, um, always being able to, you know, sneak out and not sneak out, go out, encourage your team members to go out and do what you need to do. And then coming back and getting the job done. So there's been plenty of times where, okay, I have to run out, have a doctor's appointment for a kid, but you know what, I'll come in and work later that night, or I'll come in the office. And then because baseball is a family friendly sport, and we encourage people to bring their family to work, at least I know I do with my team, um, having them up there on the weekends, I can't tell you how many times over the last four years and in building this ballpark, when I had to be up on a weekend just to get stuff done, I would put one kid in each office yeah. surrounding me and they would do their homework. And then also, um, also, you know, watch movies. And then my younger kid at the old ballpark would put on um, credentials and go sit and watch BP. So making sure the fabric of who you're going to work for and asking the questions, okay, what does it look like if I have kids? You know, you may not be married now, you may not have kids yet, but if I do have kids, you know, how do you support the people that want both a professional career and um, a personal life? Where when I was coming up in sports, those questions weren't asked. You were, you're going to be at every game, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts. It was just the expectation. And then even when it's evolved to places where you maybe don't feel like it has to be that way, when you're raised that way, you, you continue to do it. And, you know, for my team, I always tell them, you know, family first, if you're, yep. your son's game isn't going to happen again, you're not going to get that time back, go out and coach your son and be back when you can. So I think having an open dialogue of your expectations or not, not your expectations, but the company's expectation um, lends for you know, where you don't have to feel, is it okay if I run out for a couple hours, as long as I get the work done? I think the dialogue is key. Yeah, the transparency. And, you know, what a fun experience for, for kids to grow up around that as well. You know, yes, you, you may have some long nights and weekends, but to grow up watching BP, being at the office, uh, a cool experience growing up. And, you know, another thing, Paige, I, I've always appreciated about you is, is you always found time and effort to, to give back to the industry that that's you you've had a ton of success in whether that's being a mentor to a college student or be on panels to provide valuable information so why is that so important to you well I think it's you know exceptionally important and it becomes even more important the longer I've been in sports because I didn't have a mentor you know my mentor was the experience of what was right in front of me. There was no formal training or placement. And I, you know, I, then all of a sudden I'm in management with no management training. And then all of a sudden you move to the next level and there was no management training for that. So you're looking around going, well, you know, am I doing it right? And you know, what are the key steps I need to take to make sure I'm supporting a team? So having done it for a quarter of a century and being able to stay in one place, um, you look around and you say like, what? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What could have been done differently when I was coming up or what things need to be addressed now? Because I do think there's still things that need to be dealt with as far as you know, women in sports, the numbers aren't there. We need to move them. I mean, go Miami for what they've done with, you know, bringing a woman in sports to the level they have. And so any pearl of wisdom that um, we can share and help, you know, I'm more than willing to do. I feel like some people want to keep things close to the vest because, you know, they they don't want to share all their um, tricks of the trade or the things that work for them where I'm like, share it. I mean, the more information, the more greatness that you can put out into the atmosphere for the people you influence, the better we all are. There's room for everyone in this sport. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Paige Farragut, Senior Vice President of Ticket Retention and Premium Services for the Texas Rangers. And so, Paige, during your time, the Dallas Stars, you had mentioned, you started there. They were then sold, you know, to the ownership group, uh, you know, of the Rangers. And, and then you moved on to just the, the Rangers. So how was that transition for you? Well, at first, um, it, it was so interesting because we were such a young group, even our leadership team at the Dallas Stars, Jeff Kogan, Jimmy Lights, Brian Burns. I mean, Brian was a vice president, you know, in his late 20s. So here we are, all these people who wear suits every day, and we're coming out to this baseball environment that's completely different. And back then, um, the salespeople for the Rangers were hourly, no commission. And then we come trailblazing in there thinking we knew everything. And, you know, we certainly had to meld and form as a group. But all of a sudden we're, we're working 42, 45 games a year. And then hopefully um, you're in the playoffs for hockey. And then you come out here and then we were selling the Dallas stars hockey team, the Texas Rangers baseball team and the mesquite rodeo. Our, our owner also bought the rodeo. So <laughs> in any given weekend, cause you always are at the events, you could end up working three, as we call them booth duties in, in one weekend, yep. you know, you have a day game at the, at the, um, Rangers. And then you might have to do booth duty at the preseason stars games. And next thing you know, Saturday night, you're at the rodeo. So it was, it was great. It was really fun if you're young and you have the energy to do all of that, but um, it it was a transition. And then eventually when Tom Hicks wanted to sell the stars, we had to choose what team we wanted to be with. And I chose baseball. Nice. Nice. So you, then as, as you chose baseball, you go on to get into leadership and what do you feel like you did as a selling team member that ultimately put you in the best place to become a leader? 
well, outselling the guys sitting around me and there, you know, occasionally we had women in there too, but back then it was, there wasn't many and being the first one in the last one to leave outselling the guys around you. Um, you know, there were plenty of times when the guys were like, all right, let's go grab a beer. Let's do this on a Friday afternoon. And I was like, great. I didn't look at that as, Oh, well, I'm not invited to go out with the guys. I looked at as well, I'm the one who's going to answer this phone line and I'm going to stay and work late and, and get that many more leads. One thing that, um, what kept me successful, I keep going back to the, uh, organizational side of, you know, your daily mindset I kept great notes. And back then it wasn't like you had the CRM systems and all the ways right. to track touch points. So on, on facts, this sounds so archaic, but I would yeah. always write, thank you for talking to me about groups in this area. I look forward to sweet opportunities and season tickets. So then anytime a dispute came up, which happened more back in the day because there was no way to track interactions. You're right. There's no tracking. I always had the proof. Like, no, I was the one talking to them. So just outworking the people around you and then also asking for help for people that you trust and then um, setting a good example. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, you've certainly done a great job on the leadership end of setting a great example. And throughout your experience, you've moved your way up multiple times from director to VP to now the senior vice president. And so what do you feel like you do still now and back then on a consistent basis to continue to grow your career internally? Well, I never ask anyone to do anything I'm not willing to do. That sounds so cliche, but it's true. I mean, if you're out there and you suddenly have yearbooks show up and nobody's there to move them, you get out there and, you know, working the weekends, working the games, making sure you're at every event that your team members are at. So it doesn't feel like, you know, well, you know, she doesn't have to come do all this. We always have to do it, but you know, that's never going to happen. I mean, sure. There's different areas we have strengths in and we, we do what we can, but I think one of the main things is being in the trenches with your people. So that's a great example. Yeah. Being able to, to grind right alongside them. And, you know, another thing that, that I always thought was, was beneficial from a Texas Rangers organization, you know, they've always been known to really focus on retaining top talent, which, which you're exhibit A, but you also are certainly, you know, in addition to that, you've been able to keep your leadership team pretty intact as well as you have three leaders that have been with you 15 plus years. And so why is it so important for you to maintain that consistency and culture from a leadership perspective? Well, I talked about as you evolve as a manager and evolve as, you know, someone who impacts people's lives, you know, you have a very delicate balance of making sure people are growing and also keeping the people that you want to stay with you. Um, In addition to the three 15 year plus employees, another person um, is about to be at 10 years and letting them have responsibility beyond their job description, giving them things to do that are far beyond what a director would do. Um, Making sure that they're on the calls with you to MLB, making sure the level below them is on calls to Major League Baseball, Um, involving them in decisions. I think collaboration is huge. And, you know, if you talk to any of the people on that team that you're referencing, they'll be able to say, you know, we collaborate. There's no decisions made in, in a vacuum and we all get behind it. We may not all agree with it, but we get behind it. And then knowing what drives each person, you know, all, all four leaders out there um, have different things that drive them and have different things that they're passionate about. And the, the best thing you can do when you get a leadership team that works together like that is, you know, they're better at some things than you are and vice versa. And it's like a dance. You know, you know, without saying that someone's going to pick up the slack on this because that's their skill set. And that person also knows that the other person on that side of the business is going to excel um, in something they might not be the best at. So, you know, really knowing the human being and then doing something like what we just did, moving into a new ballpark, 
together and, and planning it and selling it and doing selling two ballparks at the same time, then you move over here and then you're faced with a ballpark that didn't open on time. Um, every, all the sacrifices that you do make is not only a, a person, as a parent, as a friend, as a daughter, son, um, and the thing that you've poured your life into doesn't open. Well, there's a couple things that can happen there. You can, you know, crumble and be disappointed and live in it, or you can embrace the moment and say, what are we going to do to pivot and be better by it? And, you know, then when we had the furlough situation, that was, that was heartbreaking. You know, the people that had worked so hard to get to this point, we had to make tough decisions, but knowing the people that you're, like I said, in the trenches with, you get through it. And now we have a full sales staff again and, and we're, you know, blowing and going and everything's looking good. No, absolutely. You mentioned a couple of things, just being willing to pivot. And at the end of the day, just getting the job done and, you know, understanding as a leader, you know, everybody's going to have a different personality, but figure out what their strengths are and how you can have, you know, that, that one team, one dream mentality. And so, you know, Paige for yourself, I know you've had many calls and opportunities over the years to join other organizations, but you've been able to continue to grow internally. So what were some of the key factors in making those decisions throughout your career to ultimately stay within the Rangers organization? Well, um, it, I will say there's people in, in career paths that they're very interested in the title and are willing to jump all over the country to get it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, for me personally, I know it would take longer to move up just because that's what happens. You know, different ownership groups, different leadership teams, people want to bring in their own people. So, you know, patience, that's a huge one. And I'm not a patient person. I've become more patient mm -hmm. over the years, but there's, you just, there's two things you can do. You can, you know, get on board or you can look somewhere else. So um, always looking at a way to add value and um, making sure that you're setting a good exam example for people and then um, selling, you know, always bring revenue in. Yep. Always be closing. And so, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times with the new, the new ballpark and, you know, that's certainly here recent, you were selling a couple of ballparks, obviously the opening of the new ballpark during the pandemic and then hosting the playoffs. But you know, you went through the opening uh, of Glove Life Field and certainly an interesting open, uh, but needless to say, you were certainly very involved in, in the development of that. So what have been some cool memories that came from that build out of the brand new ballpark? Well, deciding what architect was the first one. And I remember it was it was really neat to be in the meetings to where these big architects come in and do the, the full dog and pony show of what they can do. And it was our executive team that worked together and just trying to make the decision, which one's going to be right? What are we going to do to make our fans happy? And then making decisions like, well, what is the field going to be shaped like? Where's home, home plate going to be? Like, do we, how do we want the roof to close? So, I mean, it was the nuts and bolts for years. And, and all the, you know, we still haven't seen it at full fruition. The fruits <laughs> right. of our labor still haven't fully been um, experienced. I feel like the first day that we have full fans is the day that we'll all ultimately celebrate. Um, of course, there's wins along the way with the stuff we've been able to do, but just seeing it literally from the, the groundbreaking all the way to this massive, beautiful ballpark has, has been great. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, to that point, it's, it's eventually it's going to come to fruition, but all the hard work and effort has been, has been a cool part. And, you know, you've mentioned, you, you talked about your best memory earlier when the Rangers were able to, to you know, make the world series there, you know, you know, several years ago, and you've spent over 24 plus years with the team. What's been the most rewarding part of your experience? That's easy. Seeing the people grow that you came up with and be given bigger roles and promotions and seeing them have their children and, going through life experiences with them. I know so many people have the mindset of, I just have to get in there and, you know, generate revenue and, and keep doing that. Well, 
that's true, but seeing people grow as people in addition to them grow as um, successful people within the club and sometimes they'll move on and sometimes they won't, but truly seeing people become their very best um, under your leadership is a huge win. Yeah. And I think you've done a, a great job with that as a leader of, of not only having the people we've talked about, you know, between 10 and 15 years still within your leadership team, but you've, you've developed a lot of great people that have went on to, to do other things with other entities and other teams. And so you know, why has that always been important for you to allow people to say, you know what, like, we'd love to have you here. This is what the Texas Rangers are as an organization, but we're also not going to hold you back. You know, if there's another opportunity makes sense for them. Yes, um, that's something we're very proud of. Prior to this ballpark um, hanging on our walls at Globe Life Park, anytime somebody got promoted within our company, we put a baseball together for them, put their name on it, put their position they got um, brought, either brought in from the outside or promoted within. The other thing, too, is we all know how it is in sports. There's only, only so many manager, director, leadership roles. So it's tough for people that look, oh, wait, those people have been there forever. Um, unless they get carried out feet first, am I going to have a chance to be in here and do right. these jobs? So it, it is a unique balance. But yes, very much so. When we recruit talent, we say, if you do not move out of the new business development area because of lack of opportunity in other areas of the sales room, we are more than willing to make calls on your behalf. And because we have good reputations out there, when we call, people listen and vice versa. I remember many years ago, um, I was about to promote somebody on the season ticket team and Jim Bathy, one of my dear friends, called from Milwaukee and said, we have a guy named Dan and we don't have room for him. He's finishing an internship. You need to hire him. And so I, I put the brakes on for what was happening here, brought this guy in, and then he got promoted to be our director of season ticket or manager of season tickets and the director, but um, yep. and he's a superstar. So um, yes, we, we do help people along the way and keeping those relationships intact. So when you do make that call, someone will listen and help some of those other people come up. And that's certainly the type of organization you always want to work for that has your personal and professional interests in mind. And, and it certainly isn't going to hold you back and it's going to help you in every way. And Paige, this has been great. It, you know, a lot, ton of great advice, certainly a fun journey you've had. And so to close it out, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? All right. All right. So if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Well, I hate these jeans that like go up to the middle of your stunt. I mean, it's just, it's not a good look. I like the mid-rise jeans. I know that doesn't sound very fun as I, I just don't like these really high-waisted jeans people are wearing. <laughs> so going back to your actress days, if you could be in any movie, what would, what would it be? Oh, well, I like Catherine Hepburn and Audrey Hepburn. So it would have to be really old school. So I can't really think of one specifically, but I, I do like the classics. Okay. The old classics of the, the, now, you know, as continuing on the actress end, you mentioned you were in a couple commercials. Uh, have you shown your children any of the commercials you're in at one point? No, sadly, it wasn't like today. I mean, you had the film and if you didn't get film, that's it. So I can never show them my bad men in commercials. <laughs> probably a good thing though. Would have loved to get my hands on that. But, you know, and what is, as you look throughout, you know, this last year, uh, a lot of ups and downs with a lot of things going on, but what is the last thing you completed on your bucket list? Well, it's on pause, but um, I've been able to take my two boys to 14 major league ballparks and um, we were supposed to go to four um, in 2020. We were going to go to um, Tigers, Astros, um, and then hit both Chicago teams. And because of the pandemic that fell apart, but that is definitely a bucket list with my boys to be able to see every ballpark in person. 
That's awesome. What a, what a cool bucket list. And Paige, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you would give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Three takeaways. Always be aware of what's happening with your team members. I think that's so critical. When you feel like um, as someone coming up in sales, if someone's got your back, or actually at any level in your career, that's huge. You know, make it be known that you're there for people and then outwork people, be willing to outwork people um, and then be resilient. There's gonna be plenty of times when a promotion doesn't happen or you think someone got a job that maybe you should have gotten. You know, it may not be your time at that moment. It doesn't mean it can't happen, but just continue to put the work in every day. Couldn't agree more. Great, great takeaways, you know, being aware of the team members, both personally and professionally, whether you're in leadership or not, right, right. of understanding how to be a great team player, certainly hustle and effort and outworking. We've talked a lot about it and resilient from a from a sales call to a job that you may get turned down to be resilient. So, Paige, again, thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure talking to you. And I really certainly appreciate your expertise. Oh, yes. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Again, this is Travis Apple, and thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Please be sure to follow the podcast and watch on YouTube. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so follow us at 52 Weeks of Hustle. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.